Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Self-Initiative Project Podcast. I'm your host, Jim O'Brien. Hey, hey, and welcome back to another episode. Today, I have my special guest, and actually my neighbor, Maxon, joins us, and we want to talk about neighborhood safety with neighbors. <laughs> How are you, Max? Doing well, doing well. How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. Chilling on the weekend. It's 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 good. It's a beautiful day out for sure. And fall weather. Oh, it's a here. gorgeous day in Georgia. Yeah. Totally. Love it here. For sure. I appreciate you hopping on and doing this. I know we've had some driveway conversations as I think a lot of neighbors do around and about. And uh, you know, I think it's safe to say that you and I have this topic of personal safety and preparedness and personal responsibility relative to those topics in common with each other just based on the few conversations that we've had and i decided to ask max if he'd like to do this with us so appreciate you taking time out of your weekend and away from the fam to talk to us for a little bit oh yeah right on man definitely yeah to that same point you know you never know until you know when you talk to people about things you might have similar interest or uh you know uh things you might want to broach that you never thought you would talk to your neighbor about that are right in line with how you how you're thinking so uh communities uh, is an important thing we we say it a lot but you know actively living it is a whole other thing i think that's it's it's important to always keep that in mind as you think about even even topics about you know where you're living yeah. Uh, you're, you're never that isolated as much as sometimes people think they are you know and before we get started touching on it, you said the word community i think you know i think it's important to try to get back some of that feeling of community and that's why i enjoy our driveway conversations when we do have them but you know i was thinking about that yesterday is you know since i was a kid which you know i won't date myself here but since I was a kid, it seems like nowadays community is eroded. And I know, you know, the positive is that it seems like in times of crisis or whatever, it seems like people are still willing to step up and come together to help one another. But just in general, when you're thinking about being in the hood, you know, it seems like at least comparatively speaking, community is eroded today some. And I think it's important that, you know, you have those driveway conversations and whatever else to kind of bring back that vibe again. No, no. Amen. And, and, you know, as you even use the terminology, you know, in the hood, whether it's a hood hood or even your good old neighborhood, <laughs> yeah. it's eroded everywhere. Yeah. And, and that's the scary part. That's this new kind of, backdrop in america where people don't talk to each other yeah. i actively challenge it you know my history a little bit about me you know yeah. i grew up in new york city uh born and raised in queens and yeah. as you know a teenager i was in south florida fort lauderdale which is a whole different vibe right. but in, you know other big city area and um i remember just being in a hurricane i would think it was hurricane wilma uh back around the early 2000s sure. uh in fort lauderdale and man, we, we were out of power for nine days and you saw some of the ugly sides of community. I'm talking about fist fights and uh, guns getting pulled out of gas stations, wow. people having to tone it down, you know, just people acting like it's a Mad Max Fury Road situation. But on the other side, in the actual community where my parents were, people did come together and people you know, the food was going to go back in the fridge. So it would go bad in the fridge, excuse me. So 
go ahead and, and let's grill it up and then let's, you know, feed everybody and do something with this food and remember that we're living next to each other. Yeah. And I think it's really important because the only way you're going to protect yourself wholly, because no man, woman is an island, you know, even in this, you know, society where people become so non uh, uh realistically social it's all virtual now yeah it is important to know your surroundings and have situational awareness especially at home yeah absolutely and i think you said it best uh which is a great segue to get us started you said it best you know no man or woman is an island and i think that's the importance of community or trying to bring back community and it's it's why we're here today talking about neighborhood safety with your neighbors so uh again happy to have you so before we do a deep dive, I know you said you were born and raised in Queens and then spent some time in Fort Lauderdale, but tell us about you, you know, kind of your background in general, where you're from, and, you know, most importantly, what or why or when is it that you decided that your personal safety was worth investing some time and energy into into it? Wow, this is a great question. It's a great question. So, yeah, I mean, you know... Wow, so much. I mean, just even to get to the crux of it, the personal safety one, that's, that's the one that hits me in the head. You know, my experience in life has been on all sides of it. That's to say I've lived portions of my life in some of the toughest neighborhoods, you know, you'd want to live in. Not even sometimes haven't been from there, but just life moving me in situations where I was there where, you know, personal safety was tantamount to getting home safe, but yeah. hey, you might be in a state where you can't really uh, personally conceal anything and protect yourself other than having a screwdriver in your, in your, in your pocket or in your bag or, 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 you know, carrying something concealed that you shouldn't, which is very uh, unsafe because it's illegal. Yeah. We don't want to be walking around doing illegal things. So, um, you know, needless to say, personal safety, I think, took a even more heightened level in my life once my children came into play. Yeah. Once, you know, me and my wife uh, started having children and, and, and things just, but to put it succinctly, kids kind of take over. And the yeah. prism through which I view anything now is seen through a lens of, all right, well, these young children I have to provide for, along with my wife, of course. So the safety of my tribe per se, the, the tribe of my, of my home, yeah. you know, cave, if you will. Um, what, what must I do to increase that safety? So everything is seen through a different lens at that point. How my, how my garage doors open, how, uh, whether or not I'm just willy nilly leaving my house open and vulnerable to a God forbid, although highly unlikely, it's a home invasion scenario, right? That yeah. doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen. Yeah, sure so if does. it can happen, that means it might happen. So, you know, be prepared, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that that's when it really took a heightened effect. But, you know, in terms of personal safety and self-defense, I would say I, I was blessed from an early age of, you know, always having family and friends whether or not it was through martial arts or I would even say family that were in the military that just gave, you know, uh, a tough little, you know, uh, bump on the shoulder to kind of show you what is and what isn't, yeah. kind of teach you the right ways. You know, I've always been blessed with, with, with great people in my life and family to kind of, you know, put me in a mindset of, hey, always be aware of, of, of your personal safety and protect yourself. So, 
Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm taking over. <laughs> no, no, it's great. No, I asked the question. You're answering. It's all good. I, we want to know. Um, I think you bring up a couple of great points that I don't know that I've said before. And that is, you know, I ask, I try to ask everyone on the show, and I'll probably ask you two at a point. Um, but I ask everyone, you know, what do you think it'll take to get more people invested in their own personal safety? So we'll circle back around to that one, hopefully. But, you know, some of the answers I've got besides I don't know, and that's the $64 million question, is one guest I had on some time ago, and I th- the more I thought about it, the more he might have been right, is I think it takes bad things happening, unfortunately, before light bulbs go off for folks, right? It's not until you've been beat up in the streets or your home's been broken into and you've had literally everything taken out of your house except the couch, you know, or similar, that people may not before that may not take their personal safety as seriously as they might should. But I think you uh, touched on a point, uh, two points that I want to circle back on. One is I do think kids is a good uh, switch flip, right? Like if you haven't thought about that before, when you start having kids, that's probably a point where you're going to give it at least a little bit of thought that you might have before. You might not have previously, you know, before. And then the other thing is, I think, you know, being around folks, active military, former military, law enforcement, whatever, folks that already do take personal safety or and or preparedness seriously, I think they can help create a mindset in individuals that if they weren't around those people, they might not have uh, or it might take them longer to develop but in their own time. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, for me personally, I early, you know, right when I was getting ready to graduate out of high school, uh, you know, the recruiter guys came by, you know, all all the different branches of the military trying to find people. And I was thinking about going that way. I actually went to a a Marine Corps uh, recruiter yeah. Uh, Staff Sergeant Smith, I'll never forget him. And, you know, he sat down and he sat with me at the recruitment office. And these guys are, are I mean, they're out there to try to, you know, get more meat for the grinder, get, get more, more, <laughs> more, more boots on the ground is yeah, what yeah. it is. Right. And he actually sat down with me after listening to my, my life story and what I wanted to do. And, hey, in college, and this is my grades. And, you know, listen to everything. He actually took me to the side. like, listen, man, I'm going to tell you what. I'm here to make Marines, and I think you might make a great one. But you know what? At the same time, I think this might not be the place for you. I think you need to go to college. I think you have a great future. It was funny. It kind of it kind of felt like a stomach punch. Kind of like, oh, you guys, you don't want me on your team. But it was probably the best advice a guy could give me. Could give me because as I look at my family who do serve, you know, and then, and some are active, some are retired. Yeah. And just over time and over years, and just, you know, you know yourself a little more at my age. I won't date myself. <laughs> um, but um, it, 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 it kind of shows that it's not for everybody, and it's okay that it's not for everybody. That being said, the skills and the knowledge that you could learn from having even just a touch of, of uh, military training or, or even paramilitary training, so to speak, from somebody who was who in the service that just brings it back home to the farm, if you will, yeah. to just know how to, you know, how to step the right way, how to camp the right way, how to know what to eat and not to eat in the wild, how to, you know, 
know how to read nature even just minimally to put yourself in a situation where you might not spend an extra day out in the wilderness because you're you're trying to find where the water is you're trying to use cues that that nature's giving you but you may not know them and you're only as good as what you know right yeah how, how they used to say in, in gi joe uh no one's half the battle right yeah very true <laughs> and they said the, the, the other half is is violence though but that that's a whole other story you know right. war's war let me stop yeah yeah <laughs> No, I but needless you. to say, uh, needless to say, yeah, you know, that's, um, it's important for people to, you know, not be la-di-da about their safety, if you will. Yeah. And that's not to say, you know, some people, I know from my wife, for instance, she's very much, I wouldn't say she's not about uh, her firearm safety and security, you know, she uh, knows, knows enough, but She's not too gung ho about, you know, talking about it or, or, or she's not a gun person. I'd say that's fine. Yeah. That's her prerogative, you know, um, and a lot of people, they don't know maybe how to feel comfortable about maybe learning about how to protect themselves and, 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 and firearm safety. Maybe they've experienced something in life that makes firearms just anathema to their being. And, you know, it, it's, it's such a nuanced kind of argument because at the end of the day, your safety is everything. That's how you take care of your family. That's how you come home at the end of the day. And we do live in a violent world. It's not as violent as it's ever been here in the States, but same time, whether it be social media that shows us a lot more of it nowadays because everyone's got a camera, you know, the stuff happens and you want to be safe and protect yourself by all means. I believe in that. Yeah, so. Absolutely. I think it, it, it behooves people to maybe challenge their boundaries on what they would be willing to do and learn in the aspect of protecting themselves. And also, even on the other side of it, to understand that people may need to be slowly or smoothly brought into defending themselves with uh, firearms or any type of weapon, even mace. You know, for instance, you know, uh, you, you, you get your wife a can of mace, you think it's going to keep her safe. Hey, put this in your purse. But if you've never used it before or never practiced with it, you don't even know that it might have, you know, a two-step mechanism before you can actually spray. Yeah. And in the heat of a moment situation, now you're fiddling around, you drop the can. It didn't even matter that you had the mace. It didn't matter. So it's really about just, you know, it's about being prepared. And I think that starts just from having a mentality of, it's it's okay to want to protect myself. It's it's okay to want to be able to defend me and my family from the worst situation. God forbid you hope it doesn't happen. And and you have to start somewhere within yourself to see that your your defense of your home, your community, to bring that back to it, is that's the whole point. I mean, what else are we doing then here? Yeah. You know? No, and I think you Yeah, I mean just to circle back you know i think it starts with mindset right like and and again going back to what i was saying you know having folks in your life that may already have a similar sort of mindset might help you you know might trigger that for you so the first thing is being open to having changing your mindset and viewing uh, personal safety and preparedness as being something that you value and take seriously and that is important for you and then you know, start doing little things along the way to 
um, that are safety conscious and, you know, doing more than what you may have in the past relative to your personal safety and preparedness. So you got to start with baby steps somewhere. And I think that's important to note. It's, it's like you said, you know, some people need to ease into it. Uh, especially those that don't have someone that's had the mindset and bringing them along all throughout their lives, right? Or have had bad things happen where they are like, all right, I'm not going to ever let that happen again. You know, others need a little nudge, but it starts with that mindset and it just starts with the willingness to start thinking about ahead of time what might could happen and then getting ready and prepared for it. So, you know, back to the community and neighbors, which is why we're talking today. You know, we wanted to talk about some stuff that we think about in the neighborhood, in the hood, so to speak. And, you know, something that you and I have talked about at least a couple of times over our driveway conversations is just basic stuff, man. Like personal safety doesn't have to be about black belt martial arts or whatever it's just the basics and you know we talk about it a lot is just keeping an eye out in in the neighborhood right when you go out in the morning to water your grass or whatever just paying attention to what's going on in your section in the neighborhood is a great place to start yeah i i couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more and and it's really important to be aware of your surroundings, you know, not to sound cliche saying situational awareness, but to say the least, you know, some people don't have the benefit. Their neighborhood may be on a main strip. So, you know, any and every car is going to go through and you never know who same time. Yeah. You still got to pay attention for what's going on, but yeah, a lot of our smaller neighborhoods, you know, they'll they'll end in cul-de-sacs and there's only so much access. So you're only going to have certain foot traffic and and drive traffic coming through. And it's not to say you need to just be scoping out and eyeing every single moment of everybody driving out, peeking through your windows like some weirdo from that movie, The Burbs, you know, that was a great movie from the 80s. Uh Uh-oh, dating myself again. One of the greatest (laughs) movies of all time. If you haven't seen it, go get it. Um... But needless to say, you need to just pay attention because, listen, you know, Atlanta, Georgia, you know, uh, New York City, Miami, Houston, Texas, all of these major cities, um, you, you have situations of people getting kidnapped. This is a real thing. You know, what do they call it? Uh, human trafficking. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not just people from outside getting pulled in or inside getting sent out of countries. There's all kind of aspects to it, and it's and every one of them is ugly. And sometimes just being aware and paying attention, and you know, being that neighbor that you know stands and and while you're outside, you know, let people see you and you, and you look them in the eye. Why not? You live around me. Yeah. Why wouldn't I want to look in your eye? You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's how you notice the different car. And that's how the different cars like, oh, they pay attention in this neighborhood. Let me go to the next one. Yeah. And and that's that's how you get a broader sense of you look out for me. I look out for you. I don't, I don't need to know your politics. I don't need to know what you want to eat. I don't need to know where you pray, which side of direction of the sun you look at. I don't care. End of the day, you got kids here. I got kids here. You live here. I live here. Why wouldn't we want to protect each other? Yeah, tying it back into the whole neighbor and community thing. Yeah, I think keeping an eye out is just the most basic thing that anyone can do in their neighborhood, you know, regardless if they're on a busy thoroughfare or back in the back of a cul-de-sac, you know, just, you know, like the other day, well, I guess it was yesterday, in fact, time gets away from me. 
um, yesterday, uh, I got alerted that someone was on my front stoop and I got home and it was just a political flyer, right? But when I came back into the neighborhood, I saw the individual on the sidewalk. And the reason why I knew it was them is because, A, he had a handful of political brochures, but I also had a picture of him, right? So I knew. So right out, right out of the gate, recognize someone out of place, you know, obviously, well, hopefully harmless enough, you know, delivering their propaganda or whatever, but, you know, just paying attention and <laughs> noting, noting those sorts of things, you know, we've got some regular walkers, uh, through the neighborhood and then we've had some people even with dogs come through that i don't see all the time you know so uh, and cars is another one it helps if you're home all the time because you get to see a whole lot more when you're here during the day but just paying attention enough right. if you pay attention enough at all you will notice an anomaly you will notice the things out of place the cars that don't seem quite right or that you haven't noticed before a lot of delivery services these days. I get all that. But the point is, is that you're aware when they're here, if you're paying attention. And the other thing that, you know, is talked about in the community is these uh, color codes of heightened sense of alertness, right? There's white, there's yellow, there's orange, there's red, and there's black. And, you know, when you're home, you're supposed to be white, you know, calm, cool. You're not worried about anything. And then when you go out somewhere, you should be in yellow all the time. You should be alert in alert mode all the time. It doesn't mean you're looking over your shoulder and paranoid, but it just means that you're alert and paying attention and situationally aware, as you said. But I think when you're home, you shouldn't have to be that way all the time. So in my mind, I kind of work it out. There's a difference between being on alert, like when you're out in public somewhere, and just paying attention. And you need to be paying attention even when you're home with that garage door up with your headphones on while you're mowing the grass. You still need to keep your head on a swivel and be paying attention to your surroundings. But you don't have to do it to the point of being paranoid or looking over your shoulder every five minutes. That's not what it's about. But it is about paying attention enough to notice when things seem out of place. And that's a great first step. Yeah, you know, you, you really said it well, because even to that same point about it's not about being paranoid, because it, it could even be possibly people are just taking an extra long walk and they walk into the next neighborhood versus the one they usually do. It could be that innocent, yep. you know, and so it's, it's really about looking at patterns, really using your spidey senses, I call it, <laughs> you know, your vibe on things. You kind of, yeah. you, you know, when you know. things look uneasy, people yeah. kind of... Even if they, you know, when people wave and it feels funny and you know, when people wave and it felt like, all right, amen, right on, have a good day. It's, it's just, but you're only going to know by being there to your point. It's not like you can just always be looking at every single moment, <laughs> but you know, needless to say, we do have technology that kind of facilitates or eases our ability to kind of really hone in on any very particular type of, uh, of, of potential threats. Yep. For instance, Definitely to that make point it easier. Of having your, oh yeah, you know, having, you know, most people, a lot of people have a ring camera in front of their house. So for all intents and purposes, you, you, you got a closed circuit TV, always look in front of your house. I think it's a great idea. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd have one in my house, but I, looking out front, I'm fine. But needless to say, um, 
even something because because one thing that you know the prowler or the person coming around they may be coming during the day to scope out what's going on and then it's night when they're going to come do their thing so that being said oh man a lot of times the simplest things to protect your home you know even and i'm probably going on a tangent here but um in terms of uh uh, being well lit and having some kind of security lighting i can't explain to you how how important that is to having the the would-be prowler kind of just turn around and 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 say oh not this one you know you having dogs is great but there's levels to that but needless to say even just uh making sure that your homestead is almost alert while you're sleeping so to speak yeah the one thing a prowler wants is quiet he doesn't want to attract attention he doesn't want lights he wants to be as ninja as he can be or she you never know so even having some security lights whether you have some fancy ones that are wired into your to your power box or you get the battery power ones that you get at home depot that work just as fine so that in, in those little dark areas where somebody might want to be creeping around and look for a window that's open, once again, very rarely happens, but it happens. So you're only as safe as, as, as you want to be. It's, your safety is your own uh, responsibility. So in that same vein of not being too paranoid, you should always you know, make sure that at least the base, so to speak, is is secure without almost without you having to do too much it's it's sentient of its own right uh to an effect we have technology now that provides for that and i i can't stress enough to make sure that your house is in some way or form connected to your computer in a box that's in your pocket so that in this day and age you have the ability to really monitor and and, and heighten the security of your of your homestead that you didn't in in before you had a TV in your pocket, if you will, you know? Yep. No, I think you make great points. Well, I know you make great points. And, you know, lighting is just the basics. If you're looking for a place to get started with making your home a harder target, as they say, aside from making the place look kept up, putting up lights. Um, yeah. Putting up lights is just like the most basic thing that you can do to get started to automatically make your home safer and more secure because you're right. Like the bad guys don't want to get lit up and, you know, having those motion detectors, heat sensors, whatever they are, you know, you don't have to spend a lot of money for basics. You know, you can get started with 20, 25 bucks to put up floodlights in areas that are dark or main points of entry and exit so you've got some light on the subject after dark and that's just the basics of things and then to your point too you know security cameras security systems have gotten so sophisticated now that there's no reason why you can't have access to those things on your smartphone it just makes it that much easier to control and it makes it that much easier to see what's going on when you get those alerts um and you know I have to say, going back to uh, making your home a hard target, you know, taking care of your lawn goes a long way towards 
<laughs> making yourself a harder target. And it's because when you take care of your place, it makes it seem like someone's home and paying attention. And I know you keep your lawn immaculate, Max. So that's why I'm making it a special point <laughs> to, to mention well, taking care that. of your place. <laughs> Thank you very much. Sorry, we're going to work, work a little bit towards this. That's very kind of you to say you, yours doesn't look bad as well as I make <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you. I don't put nearly the effort in mind that you apparently do yours. But, you know, the point is, is that just making it seem like someone's home and cares goes a long way to thwarting potential uh, bad things that might happen to the property, whether it's burglarization, home invasion, you know, taking something out of the car in the driveway, whatever it is. Um, goes a long way because it indicates a not only that someone's home but that someone's meticulous enough and thinks enough about their stuff to keep it up which might come off as being this person's paying attention to what's up and what's going on right um, and I think that's an important piece of just maintaining the property in and of itself no no that's that's huge you just said a huge thing there and and you know it's when a property is left disheveled, whether it be from having your mailbox be too full of mail, and, and sometimes that <laughs> yeah. sometimes that happens. You, yeah. you get busy, you, you spend a couple of days, you don't even want to look in the mail because it's just going to be bills anyway. So, you know, sometimes you, it's, it's a bad thing, though. You, you never want to have your mailbox looking a certain way. Even something as simple as the... Um, the newspapers that the paper boys or, 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 or whatever it is nowadays um, you throw, thrown out in front of your house, letting those accumulate, it just gives a, a disheveled look to your, your curbside, and that's going to attract the, that, that would-be prowler because the way to keep yourself from being a target is just not being attractive because there's, yeah. there's never a random target with, 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 with a true... Uh, a thief, a uh, burglar who's trying to come get something. It doesn't mean that they know you have the the, sto the gems of, you know, uh, some ancient, you know, king in, in your house that you're hiding. But they, they scope out situations first, these guys. And, and they're going to try to see what's going to be the easiest target, which house doesn't have a little yippity-snippity dog. Sometimes the little dog is better than even a big dog. Sometimes... Those little chihuahuas are mean. They're not even going to take a treat from you. Yeah, yeah. Some dogs are so sweet, you can rob a house with a chicken McNugget if, 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 if you find them at the right time, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's how well is your dog trained to, to respond to, you know, there, there's a level to that. That's why I was getting, I said dogs is a whole other episode. Yeah. But, um, you know, needless to say, there's so many little things you can do to your point, Jim, that will remove you from being that, you know, welcoming target for, for that would-be thief who's going to come later on because you happen to put on your public Facebook display that you're going to your trip to Montana and you can't wait. It's oh, going to be the best. Such a great And point, now man. they know that, you know, now they know you're gone. They've been scoping you for long enough that they know your name. They know this. They know that. It's, they, they, there's sophistication to this stuff now, you know? Yeah. And I think what happens is a lot of people out there who aren't as versed in maybe some of the newer technology, the social media, all of that, and, and they delve in it, not understanding all of these loopholes and, and dangers they could put themselves in. Your parents, for instance, you know, on Facebook, putting up all the pictures of the grandkids and this and that, and inadvertently putting themselves vulnerable 
to somebody who lives down the street and figured out, oh yeah, there's the there, there she is. That's cat and mouse, you know, at gmail.com or whatever, you know, the name is. And before you know it, you're a target for identity theft. If it's not something as, as bad as uh, being um, robbed of physically from, from your, your your house, so yeah, there's so many little steps you can do. No, completely agree. And you know, you bring up an excellent point, and it's kind of beyond the scope of this particular podcast. And it's something we've talked about in the past, but I'm just going to mention it because you brought it up. Circle back to it, I should say, and that's social media. One of the best things that you can do to keep your home safer is keep your bizwax out of the public eye. And so just in the right. context <laughs> of this conversation, just three pointers to remind folks when it comes to social media. One is be pretty darn certain of who you connect with on social media. If it's your personal account and your business account too, for that matter, but certainly with your personal account, do you really know the people that you connect with on social media or are you connecting with every Tom, Dick and Harry out there? That's first and foremost. And if you are, I re would recommend not doing that because you don't know if you're doing that, you don't know who you're connected with plain and simple. Secondly, I would make it a point to lock down your account where they're not publicly accessible so that not every Tom, Dick and Harry is trying to connect with you is looking at your children. And that's a whole different episode too. Uh, whatever it might be, lock down those accounts where they're not publicly searched. They're not public. You know, your account posts are not publicly posted. And then the last bit of advice, and I'm sure there's much, much more, but these three I think are key. The last one, the third one is don't go posting making posts, making updates about things you're doing or things you're about to do. If you've got to make those sorts of posts, especially if you're public or especially if you're connected with a lot more people than who you actually know, do it after you get back home again. No one needs to see that sunset beach, that beach sunset as quickly as you're seeing it. It can wait, right? Don't give away don't give away your game plan ahead of time. Wait until you're home again. Um, I think those three tips relative to social media keep you safer than not most of the time. Unfortunately, I don't think a lot of people do that. Now, amen. Amen. That, that was hilarious. That point about the sunset uh, beach, you know, yeah. hitting the glass together, you know, about, uh, on the chairs like the Corona commercial. Right. Don't do it. Wait till you get home. Wait till My you get goodness. home. Nobody needs to see that before. Uh, you know, in, in real time, so to speak, be conscious of who well, you connect you know, with, keep your accounts out of the public eye and don't post information until after it's at, after it's over with. Yeah. That last one is, is, is the kicker because we live in such a instant gratification. Yeah. Got to do it now. Got to send it now. Got to, you got to see the sandwich that I just made myself and I'm eating. Do I, do I really? So, so that we, we live in this society where people just, just have to just do things at the moment, whether it be shopping or uploading. So you make a great point. You know, just, just think before you step. Think, you know, what, what's it matter if you wait a day before you send those? Because somebody's watching. Somebody's always watching. There's not a moment you're outside of your house that you're probably not on a camera somewhere. You, it, you'd be, you'd be hard-pressed to find a, a place, even in, even in suburbia, where you're not on camera. At some so, point, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, you, you got to be careful on what you put out there, how how out there you are with, with your family, with pictures, with information, you know. The, and, it, and it stinks, right? Because, you know, most people who are doing that, they're doing it of, of, of a good nature. They want to share. They, 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 you know, I'm not saying you got to go hide away. Um, you know, me personally, I don't do social media, but, um, you know, used to. That's a whole other story. But needless to say, you know, I get it. People want to share and express, and it's all it's all done from goodwill. But there are bad actors out there, and you're only as good as what you know, and you're only as safe as, as where you put yourself in terms of protecting yourself from that. So that that's a yeah, the social media thing. That's that's an episode in itself, to say the least. Yeah, but you know, you hit on another good point, Max, and. People want to live the way they want to live, the way they think they should be able to live and not have to think about these sorts of things. And I think that is the one negative downside to being more conscientious about your personal safety overall is that it means you can't live the way you want to live 100% of the time or the way you think that you're entitled or should be able to live because that's not reality. The reality of it is is that the world, to your point you made earlier, is not a safe place. Bad things happen. We're only lucky that they don't happen with greater frequency than what they do. So, um, you know, while that's the downside, that's just the reality. But I think once you adjust to that, um, you know, you're better for it and you're better able to think about personal safety and preparedness in general. Yeah. Amen. Once the genie's out the bottle, you, you, you kind of can't act like it's not anymore. And, and you made the point earlier in, in the show when, uh, you had stated, uh, people who had been on before had stated, it's not until something bad happens that that switch flips on or that that need to to go there with it kind of you know is is in the background you know secondhand nature um and sadly that that comes sometimes out of traumatic terrible oh my god i can't believe this happened experience so you know that that that's the thing is prevent yourself from having to be the person who has that terrible you know tragic moment that puts them into go mode to kind of realize, oh, wow, it's, it's not roses out here. You know, take, take small steps to increase your safety profile, uh, not just online, but at home and even in just in your, in your everyday, you know, movements, yeah. you know, and do be it aware of your surroundings. Yeah, yeah. And do it ahead of time. Be proactive about it. Uh, so you're not caught off guard. So it's not an afterthought. It's not reactive. So we've talked right. about, you know, just, you know, neighborhood safety with neighbors, you know, keeping an eye out in the neighborhood for what's going on. Anomalies, cars, people, things out of place, recognizing things when they're not as they normally would over would be over time uh keeping an eye out for your neighbor's place when they're out of town you know whatever like that we've talked about a little bit about the importance of social media uh we've talked about a few things that you can do to make your 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 home a harder target for the bad guys or, or less of a target for uh, the bad guys. Um, I know you wanted to talk about uh, the importance of uh, fire equipment on site and, and having a game plan and knowing what to do with that fire equipment in the home. Um, 
Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? That's not born out of anything but maybe a bad kitchen accident. Uh, thank goodness. Uh, you know, you're frying something up and stepping away. But, I mean, uh, not even making short of that because that's how fires can start. Yeah. But that's how fires can start. It, it can be something as simple as you didn't realize that that water was going to pop and that oil was going to do what it did. Or it could be something as sinister as bad wiring behind your wall that the guy that you paid on the cheap to do that connection that didn't do well and he made your house a fire hazard. My mother was dealing with that in, in, in Florida. So um, that's to say sometimes there's, there's threats to your homestead that you might not even, not to say be aware of or, or, or can't protect against, you know, as in not using too many extension cords. You know, we, we, we all know all the, all the, the, yeah. the old tropes. But, um, I mean, that, that stuff does happen. And the best thing you can do is have a fire extinguisher in each and every room of the house, uh, in the kitchen, um, maybe the bathroom. I mean, that's a different type of fire, you know what I mean? Luckily, there's water there. Um, yep. But um, Be here all needless week. to say, you know, <laughs> tip, tip your waitress, exactly. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, to just, to, just to be able to know, in the event, God forbid, that fire alarm, which is a, 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 another thing, make sure your fire alarm, that you're changing those batteries. batteries that yeah. nine volt's been in there since 2005. It might need to be changed. How, when's the last time you climbed up and gave it a little push to make sure that it's working? You know, does, is your fire alarm super basic, or does, is it a, a better alarm that also smells for smoke as well as, you know, other types of burning chemical smells. You know, they, 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 there's so many different aspects to how you can increase your home's safety against a fire because a fire can will devastate your home. It will gut you out. And having, having fire uh, safety equipment within range can stop you from a terrible loss of your biggest investment, to say the least. Yeah, and fires is something that we've talked about in the past. And in fact, I was a guest on uh, another gentleman's uh, podcast recently, and we talked specifically about being prepared for fires. And, you know, just to piggyback on what you're saying, Max, and I couldn't agree more, but in addition to having the equipment and being prepared and making sure those batteries are fresh and making sure you've got fire extinguishers where it makes sense for you and your family and your home, as knowing how to use them right and having a plan and then making sure the family knows what that plan is right and everyone has a role or not at least they know what to do right so you know how to pull that pin you know to aim for the base of the fire you know how to sweep back and forth you know when it gets too big or the kids need to be doing their own thing that they have a place a designated place outside the home to get to if there is a fire you know that if you can't get that fire out in the time that that fire extinguisher is working it's time for you to get out because a fire can double in size every 30 seconds and in fact i was talking about it uh recently again if the fire is bigger than a beach ball if the fire is bigger than you know say the size of an office trash can and you can't get it out with that extinguisher uh you just need to get out uh additionally you know you never turn your back on a fire you always want to keep the exit in your in your line of sight 
And, you know, you, you don't want to fight that fire beyond that fire extinguisher. And here's the thing about some of these home fire extinguishers. The little guys, they're good for about 30 seconds of firefighting, and that's it. So if you can't get that fire under control, the key is, is to get out, right? And hopefully some yeah. part of your plan has a family member that's already dialed 911 just in case. But if not, you definitely need to be dialing 911 there at the time. So, you know, have the equipment, but also know how to use it and have a plan in place and don't try to be the hero because fires will eat you up in a hurry. And a lot of people don't realize that. Wow. No, you, you said some huge stuff. And, and as you're stating uh, something that's so important, but maybe you didn't think of that, that, that plan, that escape route, that egress from where yeah. you are to where you can get out of the building and, or, or out of your residence safely. <clears throat> it's not so much knowing it, but we've all done it since we were kids doing the actual drill once or twice a year. Make sure people know their roles. Yeah. Play active. The kids will love it. You know, and, and, and I say that to say I haven't even done that yet. And I'm just thinking as you're bringing it up, it's like, yeah, you, you got the plan, but, you know, when's the last time that you drilled it out? You know, when's the last yeah. time that you actually went into it? Because yeah. when it happens, it's too late. And, and these are things that most of the time, they're not going to happen. You, you, you pray and hope they never do. But when they do, as, as for so many things in life, Better to know it and, and not need it than to need it and not know it, or, you know, different version of that. Yeah, and, and to piggyback on that, the two things that I think are important, whether it's fire or, you know, anything that involves equipment or a plan, right? Like, you may not always, there may not always be equipment involved, but there will likely always be a need to have a plan involved, right? And so, if there is equipment involved you need to know how to use that equipment and you need to know how to use it ahead of time so in the case of fire extinguishers for example and i'm not saying to throw them out when they expire but supposedly fire extinguishers expire every five years i can tell you that some that i've had still show in the green after five years so do i throw them out yeah probably should but that's a different story for a different day but if you have an old fire extinguisher, nothing says that you can't go outside to your fire pit in the backyard and have your wife, have your kids, or even you practice using one of those expired fire extinguishers. And this is something that we talked about in this other podcast I did just recently, which is the only reason why it's top of mind. Why not use one of those expired fire extinguishers to figure out how to use them and where to aim them and make sure everybody that's responsible for getting to one and using one knows how to do it. So that's first. And that's true of mace too, right? Don't buy just one, buy two and practice with one, right? Otherwise when the time comes to need it, you, you probably aren't going to know what to do. Right. And then my other, oh. point, and then my other point that I want to make, cause it all ties together is when there's equipment involved, figure out how to use it and what to do with it ahead of time. And then relative to plans. And this is a podcast we've done in the past as well is thinking through scenarios, but the key to thinking through scenarios is thinking about them ahead of time so that when that something bad does happen, if you've thought through that or something similar, 
you're better off than the person that hasn't thought about it ever before. And that's the psychological thing that they say, like anybody that's thought about something ahead of time and has put together, okay, if this such and such happens, this is probably what I would do. And this is how I go about it. And this is what I would expect, you know, whatever it is, thinking through those scenarios and those plans ahead of time so that when and if the day comes that you need that plan, you're better prepared for it. And that's true of fire or anything else for that matter. Yeah, that you bring up a great point right there with, you know, the actual play act or, or the demonstration of said learned, uh, you know, uh, activity for, for, for safety or for whatever it is. You got you to gotta play through it. You, you have to try it out because when that time comes and you have to act, you know, experience, which is, which is always the best teacher, is going to always have something be a second nature. And, and, and hopefully you don't have to experience a house fire uh, ever in your life. So just being able to fit into that mock you know, drill, so to speak, that you practice a couple of times looking kind of goofy and, you know, laughing it up and, uh, oh, I almost tripped on that. Uh, well, you just realize that you have a tripping hazard in the way of your egress. Look at you figuring out ahead of time stuff that you never knew you needed to figure out. So you say, you say a really good thing when you say, you know, the plan is one thing, but actually seeing the plan, making sure all parties involved know what the plan is, and then a demonstration of that plan it, that's that's everything. That's when it becomes back of your head. Hey, God forbid that fire, that smoke's happening in the middle of the night, two a.m. All right, girls, it's it's the real one. Hey, yeah. everybody, do you remember our roles? Yeah, 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 Dad. I already called nine one one. Okay, uh, does everyone know their other roles? We already got the dog ready to go to our place, already Dad. Know. Ready to walk out. All right. You know what I mean? Yep. You did it. You did it right. So that that's huge, man. Thank you for that because that's something I didn't have that in my in my formula the way it needed to be and speaking on it kind of woke it up in my head. So right on. Yeah, man. Uh, I know we're getting close to time here that we wanted to work inside this window this afternoon. And again, thank you a lot for taking time out of your family time out to do this. Uh, just a couple of questions that I wanted to ask you. So I'm going to circle back to the question I posed earlier just to get your spin <clears throat> on it. Uh, and it doesn't have to be the same as anyone else's, you know, just whatever you think it is. But how do you think we go about, you know, like, let's say we're talking to other neighbors in the community here. How do you think we would go about uh, getting them to take their personal safety uh, more seriously? It's a really great question. And, and I'm not going to cliche it with that's the minute, you know, <laughs> I, I think because <laughs> that's uh, it feels like it, it deserves that kind of <laughs> the mystery meat question. No, but I, I personally believe it really comes with engagement. Almost to the to the to that point of awkward engagement. Why are you talking to me? I just kind of a talk to me. Let me just walk past you. You know, don't be creepy now, you know, don't offer cookies and stuff, but, uh, just, right. you know, the only way I'm going to know my neighbors and care about my neighbors is, is to, uh, or the only way I'm going to care about my neighbors, excuse me, is to really know them and, and God forbid, remember a name. It's hard. I, I forget yeah. some of my family members' names half of the time, but, but even, even wanting to try, even giving a care, I, I don't know. I, I think that's, that's the most important thing because the only way the, the community and, and I'm going to, I'm going to actually say this here too. 
you know, a lot of our communities over the last few decades have changed, you know, and, and yeah. I, I come from New York city. I love a big tent. I think, you know, variety, all the culture here in the U S is the spice of life. It really is what makes us such an amazing, great country is that, you know, uh, you're not, you can get every type of food you want here. You know what I mean? That you can experience culture. The yeah. other aspect of that too is, you know, we also do have a culture here in the U.S., and, and that's beautiful, too. So there's that middle room, and there always has been since, you know, the, the, the first, uh, you know, boats saw the landing here. There's always that place between Native and immigrant, to say the least, you know. Yeah. But it's, it's important that we always welcome people in our community, invite people, get to know them, let them get to know us so that they don't feel possibly that, Hey, why is the guy looking at me? Has he got a problem? No. Yeah, right. The guy's looking at me. Now says, you're the weirdo. You that shit. <laughs> now you're the weirdo. Yeah, yeah. Put the cookies down. He doesn't want them. Yeah. But to say the least, it, it, I think to answer your question in earnest, um, we, you have to talk with your neighbor and just be yourself. And a lot of times the best way you can demonstrate the way to be is to be that to be the, be, the, be the change you want to see, to sound cliche, or, or yeah. be the version of, of what you are. Sometimes when people see how you regard your house, you know, I, I'll say this. My new neighbor um, at one point was not really tending to their yard and garden. I will cut it there. Yeah. So at one point, I actually had to go out of my way and cut, cut it for them. And it wasn't because I was trying to make them feel crunchy. You don't know somebody's financial situation. It wasn't because I was trying to, you know, be annoying to them. Um, literally, when, when, when you do let uh, your lawn get out of control, now you're, you're creating a place for critters, and now that's going to increase the potential of stuff getting around you. So I went ahead and did that, and I felt the kind of vibe of, hey, man, the hell are you doing mowing my lawn? But also a vibe of, oh, man, I hate that you had to mow my lawn. I should have right. caught it in time. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I was aware of that, and I cared enough to be aware of that. And now, you know, months later over time, the guy actually went out of his way. And he, he doesn't speak the best English, you know, for what it's worth. Yeah. But he actually went to Home Depot and got me like, this nice timer for my uh, for, for my uh, hose outside, so I can help water my plants better. I'm like, look at this guy. You know, I didn't ask for that, but it was kind of his way of saying, "Hey, thanks," and you know, and and that's how you start. You know, that's that's how you that's you gotta you gotta take those little moments. You gotta put yourself out there, and then you can bridge those gaps and get to a place where you can talk to your neighbor about community. And and even having your 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 house set up the way we described, well lit clean well kept that that does a tremendous amount too that's also that also does a a speaking of sorts to your neighbors yeah so i think communication is key say the least yeah you know you said a lot there and you know going back to the question of what can we do to get others thinking more about their personal safety and i think that building relationships within your community so that you are better have a opportunity to broach the subject with them in the first place is key. I think that really is Amen. the crux of what you were getting at. Like I got, I got to kind of fill you out and get your vibe and get to know you a little bit before I can tell you about all this stuff that I think is important. And Hey, 
what about you and what's your game plan, right? Like getting to know the person on the basic level uh, right on. Is, is the key starting place to it. My other question, which you probably ironically have already answered, but my other question was going to be, what can we do better for each other as neighbors in the community? And I know that we talked about it maybe briefly, but, you know, just keeping an eye out for each other's uh, stuff when we know the other person's not home or even if they are home, you know, just keeping an eye out in the mornings, in the afternoons, whenever we happen to be out. But to your point, once you build the relationship in the in the community because that's really what it is then you get to the point where you can say hey man i'm going out of town this weekend do you mind just keeping an eye out there's nobody that should be in my driveway except for the pet sitter you know then you get to the point where you can build that level of protection um but the question that i did have is once you have established the relationship to your point what are some other things besides keeping an eye out for our neighbors? Do you think we could do as a community? You know, I think uh, I already have the answer, and and you and me kind of did it. It's it's um, you know, taking pride. I, I think back to the uh, Fourth of July, brother. Yeah, we put on that really cool fireworks <laughs> show. It was very impromptu. And no one got hurt. Okay. <laughs> No one got hurt, you yeah. know, fire extinguishers are out there, yeah. you know, I had my phones yeah. and we were kind of, one of the first times we actually broached the, the, the topic about safety and yeah. whatnot, but, um, you know, we just kind of went out there to have some fun. You invited some friends. I know I invited some of my friends, the neighbor next to me, she got involved because her daughters wanted to see the show, so she got some fireworks. I already had a plan to do my own big show. You pretty much put me to shame but you know hey last minute got me okay your fine. mistake was telling me what you were doing and i was like oh no i'm gonna do that too <laughs> yeah you had about four more after i was completely passed out i'm like oh man he got me he got me landed with the big shebang but the thing is after it was done it was really cool everybody came around you know i even saw some of the neighbors across the way they put their chairs up because you know they, they it, it was nice to see and i think we don't see enough of that yeah. i think right now and that's all right because even growing up in queens which i mean this is that's not anywhere we would call suburbia you know living in the city you know you would yeah i mean granted you're not having fireworks shows in the middle of the city no by all means but just having a sense of community who lived next to you who was on the floor underneath you who was living upstairs from you who lived in the building across the way you knew them because you're friends with the kid across the way and you knew that was tony's sister sylvia and you had a crush on her and she lived on the stairs from the mean old lady that always yelled at her. And, you know like there was just a sense of knowing who was there yeah and i think we've lost a lot of that in our, our american tapestry and it's it's ever so important no matter what side of the ideological fence you swing you, there's got to be a little of that just got as cheesy as it sounds a little bit of hope to rekindle a little bit of normalcy because it's so it's so polarized on each side now i can't even i can't do it and i'm exhausted and and at the end of the day, none of that stuff matters once you turn off the TV or your, or your phone or whatever's feeding you all this stuff to be angry about. You're around the people who you live around. And, and there's real dangers out there and, and real things to, to be considered that have nothing that 
this BS that the media is, is, is pitting against everybody. Once again, I'm going off on a tangent, but no. I would imagine most people feel me. No, <laughs> no, no. I, I, and I feel you, and I know exactly what you're saying, and I think you make a great point is getting back to the question of what can we do be what can we be doing more for one another as neighbors in the community and i think again your point is first you have to be a community and then when you get to the point where you're community again then you can look after your brother's back and i think that's a huge huge takeaway for this podcast if nothing else max i appreciate you coming on man yeah I appreciate oh, no, no, you coming thank on. you. I, I had a good time. Yeah, yeah. I, I would love to do it again. Um, really love the topic. I learned a couple things today, and, and, I, and I enjoyed it. I'm going to implement it as well. And uh, yeah, by all means, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much. Talk to you soon.